what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Do we have everything ready? This is episode 100. Triple digits. We have made it, son. Wait, hold on. What's the day? Friday, October the 11th. It is time for episode number 100. You've waited 100 episodes to hear this episode. I waited 99 to hear this one. That's fair. This is the 100th. 100. Do I get that pen? I mean, come on. You had a pen. You brought it and showed it to me when you were in Oklahoma, but I haven't even got one yet. Wait a minute. There it is. There it is. I see it. 100 episodes, baby. I seen it. Um, we did it, dude. So we can. This is the last episode, right? Yep, that's it. Game over. All right. Well, that was. It's been fun. Hope everybody enjoys. Yep, it's been real. It's been, it's been real, and it's been fun. One hundred episodes. We We're not stopping now. We Get don't even. Need, we don't even need a guess. This is it. This is the end of this one hundredth episode okay. and the end of Off the Groove. Well, thanks everybody for following us. Thanks yep. for smashing that like button. We appreciate all your help. Say. <laughs> um. Let's let's talk through this. Do you know any 100s? <laughs> I do know a number 100. Get out of here. And as far as I know, it was only used one year, and that was in 2003, and that was Mr. Rich King because he was riding for the factory Harley-Davidson team, and in 2003, they were celebrating 100 years of Harley-Davidson being a company. So the AMA Pro back then let Rich King run a triple digit, which was against the rules in the rule book, yeah. but nobody protested. Because it was for a significant thing. Well, and uh, rules are meant to be now broken. Now, number 100 anyway. is not used. Yeah, rules are meant to be broken anyway. That's so, what somebody, keeps I, telling me. I would have never thought that somebody ran a 100, but I guess they did. Was it just for one event? One year. The whole, whole year, year wow. in 2003. There you have it. Is that the flat that, track fact? You know what? That's, that's going to be my flat track fact of the week, too, then. There you go. Get it out of the way early. Um, Two birds. One stone. We're already hitting home runs in this 100th episode. I love it. Um, so I had the idea, and I thought it was a pretty good idea. Did it hurt? It did hurt. Um, okay. Our very first episode was Briar Bauman. How crazy is that? He just won the 2019 AFT Twins Championship. Let's have him on for the 100th. What do you think? He is your 2019 Grand National Champion. I think that's a great idea. Uh, hell of a season. So, I mean, just talking through the season would be... And I always like hearing you guys go back and forth. That You guys are pretty decent friends outside of the, the motorcycle racing thing. Uh, I love Briar, you know, and I've been there for all of his race wins as a pro rider on, on the Grand National Circuit. I actually got to interview him on his first podium. I got to interview him on his first singles win. I got to interview him on his first twins podium. I got to interview him... When he won his first Twins main event at Lima, the only thing I didn't do, which I'm super bummed out about, <laughs> is I didn't get to interview him at Minnesota when he won that first Grand National Championship. Yeah. But it was just, when I'm in Minnesota and like at the Meadowlands, I'm at the very top in a glassed-in building, and it's just not easy for me to get down to do that. So, unfortunately, that didn't happen, but you know what? He had one hell of a year, and I can't wait to talk to him about it. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think uh, just giving him a call, talking through the season, and seeing what he's got going on for the offseason, I think it'd be a hell of an episode, and uh, I say we do it. All right. Give him a call. The recording. 
Hello. Hello. Is this the 2019 AFT Twins Grand National Champion, Briar Bauman? Holy cow. That was <laughs> legit. That was legit right there. Does that Has that sunk in yet, man? Uh, actually, yeah, a little bit. Um, finally, it's uh, only taking like two weeks, but um, I was just out deer hunting and I came in and Shane was actually working on number one for the bike. So it's awesome. like legit. Hell yeah. So, yeah, so, so you got, you got a font picked out or did she pick that out for you? Or you I mean, what does it look like? Uh, I'm trying to continue, like keep my, my number one that I had in my 14. So I'm going to try and use that and then, and just kind of edit it a little bit, make it bigger, take just a few different variations right now. I kind of got to like dwindle down to, you know, right on. Are you going to put a big ass number one on the back of your leathers too? Uh, I guess that's up to Indian, unfortunately. Okay. All right. That's cool. Did you get anything about your hunting today? No, I had a few things come by. I have this one buck that I'm hunting, uh, and he's been kind of kicking my butt actually. Like I've been chasing him for a while now, but been kind of a cat and mouse game so no i'm just kind of holding out for 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 one buck really what's his name i don't have a name for this one actually i normally like last year i had one i was chasing that showed up right after i got second at x Games. so i named him silver uh yeah but yeah, yeah. like I, i've had, I've always had, always had a name but this one just doesn't have a name how about jared yeah we can name him jared i mean for him okay all right, sounds good. So, is it cold up there already? Or, I mean, what what's the what's the temperature doing up there in Pennsylvania? It's actually all over the map. Um, Saturday morning, I woke up and it was, uh, I think I want to say it was like thirty eight degrees, and then this morning I woke up and it was sixty eight. So, I think today got up to like seventy eight degrees. It's just it's been all over the place, honestly. All right. So, does that affect your hunting and? And your hunting times, or you got you got a set schedule, or you try to sneak up on them, or what? Yeah, no. When it's cooler, it's it's a lot e- not easier, but this the deer move a lot better when it's cold out. So I went out tonight, even though it was hot, just because I'm actually getting ready to fly to Wisconsin, uh, going up to Viola to hang out with the the team for two days at SMS. So yeah, flying up there, not gonna be here to hunt for two days. So kind of kind of went out anyway. But yeah, typically cold weather is a little bit better. Or actually, it's a lot better, really, but right. I can't so, right now. Right, you got to hunt when you can. So are you going up to Wisconsin to sign your contract for next year? Uh, I actually had a two-year deal, so I fortunately didn't have to have to do that this year. Um, but, yeah, so two-year deal, just kind of kind of set with that, just going to hang out, really. All right, that sounds like a lot of fun. Let's, uh, let's recap the 2019 season. Uh, just... Uh, just want to say before we get started, man, congratulations on one hell of a season. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. So let's go through it. I want to go through it kind of race by race. I mean, some of them are kind of boring, you know, because you got second instead of winning. But, you know, if anything sticks out, yeah. we'll definitely talk about it. So let's talk about Daytona, starting off the season with a bang, getting the win down there at the Daytona TT. How special was that one to you? Uh, that was a big one. Um, that one, I obviously, everyone always says Daytona's big, but for me, it was first year with a new or first race with a new team uh obviously jared was kind of the guy to beat he'd been the only one to win on the tt at that point so just kind of go in there with with a new team and more so just new indian for me the team indian uh indian motorcycle i still had dave michelle but yeah i mean to kind of start the season off with a win in daytona is is always kind of special really it's it's a cool place to be so that's kind of the goal 
what a smooth transition onto the Factor Indian team. You know, uh, you know, starting the season off with a bang. That was pretty cool. And then, uh, tell me about the track. You know, going from the pavement to the dirt and stuff like that. Was that was that difficult for you as a rider? Uh, at first, everyone was kind of nervous about it, honestly. Um, but once you got out there, it wasn't it wasn't very very difficult at all, honestly. Once we got going, it was kind of actually a lot smoother transition than than most would have thought, to be honest. Okay, but. Yeah, it was it was pretty simple, really. I mean, you kind of had to brace yourself a little bit from uh, from dirt to or asphalt to dirt, more so than dirt to asphalt. But yeah, I mean, most of us uh, did a pretty good job of, of figuring it out, and and it was actually kind of a cool cool change. Okay, so third place at Atlanta. Anything stick out there, or just uh, another day at the office? Uh, another day at the office. I was kind of bummed a little bit actually with that one. Um, yeah, we were pretty fast all day, and we kind of made a tire change before the main. We didn't know how we were going to make out with uh, with the five, so we tried an eight, and it took a little while to get going. But, yeah, I mean, it's a kind of a track that I think I took, like, 27th on the, the year before. So third and kind of be the guy all day was was kind of a good deal, to be honest with you. I was, I was bummed at the same time. I was kind of like, man, this is huge improvement from last year. Okay, so if you if you could do that one over again, would you run the the softer compound tire? I'd like to try it. Yeah, I mean we, okay. we got pretty strong at the end of the main event, but it wasn't uh, wasn't a whole lot to call home about after after how we've been most of the day. So I'd like to try it for sure. Okay, so then you reel off five second place finishes: Texas, Arizona Super TT, Paris, Lexington, and Laconia. Yeah, I've, obviously Laconia is something we're going to talk about a little bit further. But out of those other four, any of those second place finishes stand out to you? Honestly, uh, no, not really. I mean, it was it was kind of tough. Um, to be honest, we were we were kind of in contention for most of them. There weren't any that were out. Where I was kind of like, man, we were we were way off of uh, off of a win. We were usually right there. Um, Arizona TT, I think I led up to the white flag lap, and JD Beach got by me. Um, I don't even remember Kentucky. I, that one kind of stands out a little bit. That was my first mile podium, so that was a big one for me. Actually, uh, I've always wanted a, uh, a podium a mile, so to get that out of the way, and I crashed that day too. So that was kind of a kind of a bummer, but to come back from that and then get my first mile podium was kind of a big one. And yeah, after that, it was kind of up until Laconia, just a bunch of second places really. Okay. So, and you broke your hand somewhere along in that streak, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Kentucky. Um, didn't know at the time I, uh, crash ride motocross with Jake Johnson. Um, and my hand, I twisted up pretty bad. twisted myself up pretty bad. Uh, I didn't know it, like I said at the time, but ended up breaking my hand um, and then crashed, crashed Kentucky, got home and, and realized I went got x-rays. So I, yeah, I had to had to have surgery right away that next week. So it was kind of a, an eventful little spurt of second places and, uh, and just life in general. Wow. So Laconia, um, you had one of the most remarkable saves I've ever seen without falling off and that you know that's a track that wasn't too easy but you went you did like a 360 donut up and over the dirt berm on the inside and and i don't know how you did that especially now knowing you're just fresh off of surgery you know i mean that was incredible yeah yeah that one was brutal um i look at the video and i used to joke with everyone i'm like man i'm probably one of the sketchiest guys out there and then uh, (laughs) i see videos like that i'm like are you kidding me like i'm actually like making that a true statement so yeah, it was one of those deals. That track was really, really, really rough, and 
I was, like I said, I was fresh off surgery. It'd been like seven days or something like that. And I, can't, I had my hand so wrapped up and, and braced up. I didn't, you know, I mean, I move around a lot on the bike, so I push and pull with my hands and I just didn't have the pull I normally do. So that thing started coming around. And uh, before I knew it, I was like looking behind me at Carver. I'm like, ah, this probably isn't a good spot to be in at all. <laughs> so, yeah. So <clears throat> then I started looking ahead of me, trying to figure out where I was going to land because I was, you know, I would have bet my house, my van that I was going to high side to possibly land in Canada. But fortunately, I was able to kind of not let up and get get through that little deal. But yeah, that was, yeah, I have that one as a slow mo on my phone. I watch pretty much every time I fly to start scrolling through your videos and stuff. But that's one I yeah. I watch for multiple times yeah that was that's pretty insane yeah if you would have just cracked the throttle i think it would have slammed you like a uh, uh over the bar just a face plant so i'm glad you didn't back off uh, of the throttle but uh do you just block the pain out when you're out there riding uh fortunately for me i i feel like i run strictly on adrenaline so when i get out there there wasn't there wasn't any pain really um fortunately they did a good job with my hand and and even as gnarly as that track was, it was, uh, like I said, I didn't really feel a whole lot. Um, it could have been the painkiller that I was on. I don't, I'm kidding. Um, nah, it was, it was honestly just uh, pure adrenaline. Like I said, I, I run strictly on adrenaline. My heart rate would tell you that immediately. So, okay. yeah, once we got going, it was nothing but a motorcycle race, really. Would you, would you have let anybody else win if that wasn't Bronson in front of you? I mean, would you have gone in there and cleaned him out or moved him out of the way? I mean, if, if that wasn't Bronson right there in front of you? Uh, no, I can't say as I would have. Um, that track was was basically one you could take yourself out on just as quick as you could take someone else out on. So it was more of a spot where I was kind of looking at the big picture. Um, I didn't actually even think I was supposed to be at that race uh, that weekend based off where things had gone the week before. So it was kind of like, man, I, uh, I just survived. I think it was 10 restarts and felt like a hundred laps across the, around the, the roughest short track I've ever been on, on a twin. So at that point in time, I was like, Hey, you know, quoting the, the late great Ricky Bobby, but nothing wrong with silver, you know, there you go. We took that yep. one home and, uh, and moved on to the next. Well, you, you salvaged the day for sure. And then you got on the podium, your brother, with his first ever Grand National victory. How proud of him were you? Uh, it was emotional, dude. I, I'm an emotional guy, but he kind of has played the same role as, as 95% of our paddock, and that is that is show up in a van or beg, borrow, and steal to get to the track because you love to race motorcycles, uh, which he did the year before. Um, so he was given the opportunity by Indian Motorcycle along with me, um, he uh, he kind of proved his spot the year before, but I know kind of in his mind he maybe had this idea that that Indian was maybe trying to blow up the brother sibling deal more so than than anything else. So for me to see him prove it to everyone else, uh, he's a great short tracker. And then I think he went on a streak after that where he didn't finish outside the top five for like eight races or something like that. So yeah, it was kind of the start of getting his confidence up and and also proving to himself that that he, he means uh, he means a lot to the team and a lot to the series and just that he's capable of doing it. Yeah, you guys prove it week in and week out, that's for sure. You guys have both earned those rides, uh, so uh, don't sell yourself short, and he shouldn't either. Let's go to Lima, um, something I've never seen before in my 47 years. I've asked many, many, many people if they've ever seen that before, but uh, your tire actually came off the rim, and it came off onto the right side. So... Can you explain how that happened or what happened or did it just uh, 
uh, it was just running low and it, it bounced on when you hit a bump, bounced over the rim. I mean, can you explain how that tire came off the rim like that? Yeah, so there obviously there wasn't a whole lot of explanation out of me or the team, um, just because we were pretty much just bummed. Uh, so I actually got a flat. I spun the tube. I, we had done it in the semi, um, so we knew that we knew that it was a possibility. Which for some reason we couldn't really figure out why. And I think we maybe should have made a little bit different change, or uh, we should change something up. But yeah, at a cushion half mile, we freaking spun the tube. Um, so first start made it through okay. And then that second start sealed the deal. Uh, so that was kind of a bitter, bitter spot. But yeah, so spun the tube thing went flat and then getting into turn three, I remember hitting a hole and that thing just kind of, it felt like coming off turn two, I was like, I smoked the clutch or something had happened, which I'm like, I have no idea how you just dumped the clutch at a spot like that. Um, but yeah, so it felt like I spun the, or smoked the clutch and then got into turn two and that thing just like. It felt like the whole wheel came off. I'm like, oh shit, the axles came out of this thing. So this probably isn't a good spot either. But yeah, luckily was able to get through everyone because I was, I think I was in second at the time, maybe second or third or something, and uh, had about yeah 13 other guys that were were behind me. Um, but yeah, fortunately got through that and was able to just knock the layer down. So that was kind of the biggest, biggest, I guess, positive out of the whole ordeal. Right on. So you rebound with the win the very next round at New York. So how satisfying was that win? That was, yeah, that was huge. Uh, I think we had a two-week break between Lima and, uh, and and we'd sport from what I remember. And, man, I, one of my deals for the season, or just every time I go out on the track, like I just, and whenever I struggle, I want to I wanted to get back out there. So there was a long two weeks, and, and even more so, like, I kind of struggled, like, I've said before on the, the slicker racetrack. So Dave Zanotti had that thing tuned in. So like the thing was insane, really. The bike was so good. Um, I was able to, yeah, I was able to get a win at a track that I, t- I typically wouldn't, wouldn't pick as a spot I'd, I'd be real solid at. So yeah, that one, that one felt really, really, really good. Okay. You've did that a couple of times this year, coming back from a rough finish to win case in point, the very next two Buffalo chip 16th, you fell off there. And you come back just two days later and win the Black Hills half mile. So, do you think Buffalo Chip owes you one or two right now? Shoot, I mean, I got I got a win there because of a, a technicality um, in 2017, but I also crashed and crashed pretty hard too. So mm-hmm. I, it was kind of it's kind of a joke for me and Shane. I've crashed every time I've been in a main event. There, one gave me a win, the other two gave me a concussion. So <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> I know I got a win, but man, I would, I would like to not crash in a main event and see what happens. Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe next year. So Black Hills half mile win, that was a, a pretty impressive, but you know, another comeback win, you know, from the you know, the two days prior. Yeah. Yeah. Black Hills was a little bit different this year. Usually it's, it's really, really grippy. Um, and you ride that place as hard as you possibly can. Um, and this year it wasn't really like that. It was, it was a lot slicker than normal. So, once again, uh, the bike was, was insane, and, and we were able to uh, maybe not be the best guy the whole day, uh, but we were able to able to kind of hold it together and, and just kind of tough that one out, kind of just chip away at it. I think right before, we had a red flag in the main event, um, and yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was going to win that main, but luckily we were able to get a good start, and, and Bronson actually helped me out quite a bit in that one, um, even though he was probably one of the guys that was threatened by the most he was right he rides that place so well um him and carver both and brandon robinson so robinson kind of gave me a tip on to come in a little bit lower and 
I probably smoothed things out and I did that and I was able to kind of get away a little bit after, uh, after the red. You, you mentioned earlier, you wanted a, a podium on a mile. Well, Sacramento comes around, you get your second, uh, a second place finish there. And then let's move on to Peoria unless anything sticks out from Sacramento, but uh, a win at Peoria, that's real impressive. You're the first one to do it in, you know, almost two centuries since Henry Wiles has dominated there. So how special was that win to you? Uh, Ellen was big. It was, I mean, me and Bronson had, had a good battle for sure. Um, it was kind of bittersweet at the same time. Uh, Henry, Henry's the man. He's been the man since shoot. I was, I was a kid. So last year I took second to him and I led a few laps and he passed me and checked out and felt like even, even though I had a broken hand, I was in a better spot than I was the year before. So I kind of really wanted him to be a part of that deal and us be able to, us be able to race and, whether he smoked me or I was close or we battled or whatever the case may have been, I would have liked to at least given it a shot. You know what I mean? So it was a great win. Um, the team was, was pumped. Everyone was really excited, but at the same time, at the end of the day, I, uh, I just, you know, it's kind of a weird feeling knowing that the guy who's won there so many, so many times wasn't, um, wasn't there. So my goal now is for next year, hopefully everyone's healthy and we can, uh, we can race and see, see if I, stand a chance or if Henry does his typical deal and, and wins by 15 seconds. So that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at now with that one. So are you saying that you wouldn't have beat him that day? I mean, I think you had a pretty, pretty fast pace going. I mean, it's, it, you know, we'll never know, but do you think you would have got beat? Uh, that's the thing. We just, we will never know. I mean, uh, I, I give a lot of credit to Henry, man. He's, he's one of the, one of the best TT guys you'll ever see and to win somewhere that many years in a row is, is insane. So basically the only thing I, I can say is I want to see, and I, I want to see where things shake up. Um, just cause the unknown is, is the hardest part. I, I know how good he is there and I felt really, really good. But at the same time, I think there's a few things I could work on. And I think the spots I could work on, he was already pretty stinking good at. So yeah, hopefully, like I said, next year, we're both, uh, both in a good spot and we can race each other. Well, you know, slouch on the TTs, that's for one thing for sure. So let's move on to Springfield, the doubleheader weekend, uh, a third place finish on the first day and then a second on the uh, crazy Monday. Um, I, I really want to talk about Monday more than the Saturday race because there was nine riders in that big pack at the start. I think I talked to you after the race that day, and you said that was the most intense 25 laps you've ever been in. Man, I mean, it was probably <sighs> – probably the most intense 23 laps. Cause I was actually able to lead the first two laps. And for a second, I felt like maybe I'd broken away. Cause no one came by, but as soon as, uh, as soon as I crossed lap two or three or whatever the case was, uh, it, from then on out, it was basically like the last lap of the Springfield mile with nine guys for 23 laps. So yeah, the track was, was actually insane. Um, you could ride anywhere and pretty much go the same speed. So that's, that's a pretty rare deal for, uh, for us at Springfield. Um, yeah, I mean, there was times I think I got, sh I think I made a pack with myself because I have raced there on a 450 and it's the scariest thing I've ever done. Um, and when I was on a 450, I made, made like a little pack with myself that I want to get, get further back than fourth. And that was kind of my deal. Uh, once I took a look back and saw how many dudes were there. So I got shuffled back to sixth at one time and I'm like, all right, this isn't, this isn't for me. So yeah, I mean, basically just trying to make sure you could stay towards the front for as long as possible. That was the goal. Yeah, the, uh, the entire time. So, yeah, crazy main event. Me and Bronson. Shoot, I watched Bronson roll me on the outside a few times, and I'm like, what is this guy doing? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, overall, it was 
it was a lot of fun. Luckily, everyone was uh, was real safe, and there wasn't anything too crazy going on with that many guys at that speed. So, all in all, it was it was it was intense. Well, it definitely reminded me of the old days, you know, when everybody waited and waited and waited, and then they they put on a charge with five laps to go. So. Uh, and made for some really amazing race, you know, racing and probably the biggest pack of riders I think I've ever got the privilege to announce in the twins class for sure. I mean, like you mentioned a little while ago, the 450s, when they were on there, they were always in a big group. But I think that was definitely the biggest group of, of twins I've seen out there in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to the, the big deal growing up. And then once you go pro is, uh, or once you get on a twin, it's like, oh man, you always dream of being in the lead pack at Springfield. And usually it's like between four and six guys. And when it's a, it's a lot different too, uh, typically between four and six guys, cause everyone kind of plays their cards a little bit tighter. Um, but that one was not the case. It was like, I, I would go in and go to the top and I'd go from fifth to, to second or fifth to first. And, and then back to seventh, it was just like, whoa. So yeah, definitely the biggest uh, biggest group I've ever been in. I haven't always been in a lead group. Like I said, it was always like you checked it out and wanted to be a part of it. But I've been in a few times, and usually there's like three or four of us or four or five, but that is absolute most. So to have nine guys uh, and nine guys able to go anywhere on the track is what really changed the game. That was awesome. Let's talk about Williams Grove a little bit. You took the big win there. Uh, you know, last year, you guys, you and your brother were up there on the podium. Um that day was just awesome for you. It seemed like you were the man to beat from the moment you touched the racetrack. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool one. Um, it's kind of a home race now. I know I'm from California originally, but I woke up in my own bed the, the day that day. So to be able to do that and head over to the track that night or that afternoon is, is kind of special. And I have a lot of close friends here now. So yeah, to be able to, to fast qualify, to, to win your semi, to win the main is, is pretty big. Um, the track was a lot different than last year. It was really slick this year, actually. So once again, I, I'm getting a little bit better at these tracks now at this point in the season, uh, Williams Grove, but Dave and Adi, we worked on things most of the day and, and got that thing pretty much dialed in. So yeah, it was, uh, all in all from start to finish. It was, it was actually a day that, that stood out the most to me because I was really stressing that day. And, and once again, I, I have a really, really good teammate in Bronson. Um, he kind of mellowed me out a little bit and said, dude, you're, you're good. Uh, I think just because points were getting pretty pretty close, I had a, I had a pretty good gap, but at the same time, I, I was stressing just because uh, yeah, it's the first time I ever led points. We're getting so down to the nitty-gritty, but yeah, Bronson helped me out that day, and, uh, and we were able to get a win. All right. Up next was Minnesota. and Talk about a track that owes you one. Last year, you were dominating that one and uh, ran out of fuel. This year, you and a bunch of other guys go down in turn number one or completing lap number one. Um, but coming from off the ground, uh, probably one of the most epic rides I've ever seen in my life. You coming from the back of the pack to finish on third, and you know, more importantly, Briar, you locked up that championship. So, what, man? I bet you a million things were running through your mind that entire main event. So, walk us through it. Tell us what you were thinking about. Uh, as far as the actual main, once we got rolling again, uh, after the red, it was pretty much just, uh, I'm seeing red. I, uh, only one time I thought during that main and that was when I got the fourth and I could see Brian and Jeffrey and they were almost a straightaway ahead of me. So at that point I'm like, well, shoot, if I can get to those guys, I can, I can beat both of them, I think. So that was that kind of the only time I thought anything other than like, just go as hard as you possibly can. But yeah, during the red, uh, during, during the crash, the whole nine, like, 
emotions were I would have loved to have my heart rate monitor on the time and watched watch it go up and down like a roller coaster because uh actually when I got my bike I, I got it back to the truck and, and Michelle looked at it I'm like oh shoot this isn't good at all um I went over to Paul Langley and said hey man we're probably out of this one for sure and he just kind of said well we'll get them next week and and it took a while because the track was really really wet uh and then obviously we destroyed a couple of pieces of the air fence, which takes a while to get going again too. And Michelle was just chipping away at it. And I'm like, Holy cow. Before I knew it, like I, you know, I, I destroyed the throttle housing. I'm like, all right, we got to fix that. And she's like, I already did it. I'm like, Oh, whoa, hold on. So we had <laughs> new radiator on it, new, new throttle housing. The only thing I could think left was the forks. And I was taking them a minute, but they chipped out that or they, they busted that out. And, and but just as soon as we were getting ready to adjust the bars, because the bars were like in my lap, they're like, all right, let's go. So, yeah, I didn't get to adjust the bars, and and they were pretty much mangled anyway. So I was like, dang. But then we had that other red, so we readjusted the bars and and got them kind of back to normal. But they were, like I said, they're pretty mangled. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you could see at the end of the main when I was pretty much just bawling my eyes out. It was uh, every emotion uh, had been hit at that. 30 minute stint and uh and i was done at that point so yeah, it was a pretty insane night yeah i you know i talked to dave zanotti afterwards and he said he's he was working on you know getting parts off the backup motorcycle way down there in the pit area then they were you know hustling them up to the racetrack and like you said replace the, the radiator replace the throttle the throttle body uh the entire looked like the entire front end was off and then on and and, you know, you're just staying there because you can't help because only two, me two mechanics are allowed to work on the motorcycle. So a range of emotions had to have been going through your mind, you know, not able to make it. And then you're able to get in. Then you're trying to salvage some points. And, man, just going through it all, I can't imagine everything that was going through your mind. But, uh, man, what a ride after you got that thing back together. Yeah, yeah, that was – the track wasn't quite like it was last year. Um, it, was, it was quite a bit different, actually, but – yeah, they they actually shortened the main event to 15, which at the time I'm like, oh man, kind of kind of isn't isn't playing to my favor by any means. But fortunately, we were able to get going on. I got a sweet start and was able to make some passes pretty early and and get up to those guys. And man, me and Brian actually uh, actually locked bars off off turn four coming to the checker. I'm like, well, at least no one can say anyone gave no one gave it to me, you know? <laughs> right, right. And, and Brian said, hey man, I knew you needed third to clinch that thing, and I needed second more than you did, so. You already got a bunch of those. I need the one too. Oh my gosh, darn it! I would have given it to you at that point. We didn't have to lock bars, but no, yeah. it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was obviously we wanted to win a mile this year, but that story to to go through the fence and actually run my brother over going into turn turn one on the first lap of the main was not exactly how we would have thought it was gonna gonna go, but we were able to uh, kind of push through that and honestly, it just kind of makes a makes my whole career just how it's always been um we kind of made that night kind of kind of how that went um was kind of a highlight of my career really we just kind of been down before but we're not going to quit there you go tell me about your team clayton and michelle working on the, the primary bike you know trying to get back together and dave back in the pits man my hat's off to those those three individuals for getting that thing ready to go um like I said, I, I told Paul Langley that uh, that we were done. I mean, that thing. I looked at it was it was funny. Uh, we get back over to the hot box, and I was waiting for my bike and Bronson's bikes come rolling up, and and Bronson's like, "Yeah, mine's fine." And I'm just like, I'm thinking, you're an asshole, dude. Like, <laughs> my bike is mangled, and you slide out and call the ten rider pilot, and you're like, "Yeah, mine's good." But 
for those for those three to be able to to get that thing going, I told Paul Lang, "Hey, we're probably out." And you know, they I think it was I don't even know how long the road was like 26 minutes or something. And people people were saying, "Oh man, yeah, they had plenty of time," but. I think it would take me two to three hours to replace a radiator. Um, no one understands like, and that's without any pressure on you. So all three of those guys, I, honestly, Dave was probably the most frantic and it was good that we sent him back to the pit because Clayton and Michelle were just so cool, calm, collect. They, like I said, they chipped away at it. And, and before I knew it, I'm like, Hey, we got to do this. And they're like, Oh, we already did it. And I'm like, Oh shoot. We're, we're pretty much ready to go. All right. So yeah, they, they did so good. I mean, really, they saved my season. I, I wouldn't have made that main event, and Jerry would have won it, and, and a lot of woulda's and coulda's. But all I can say is they uh, they saved my year really in a matter of thirty minutes. Absolutely. So it seemed like the uh, championship didn't really set in. You went on a victory lap with Jared. He won the race. You won the championship. But I think when you got to the podium, they put that number one shirt on you, and and I think you know I think the emotions just took over right there. I think that's when it finally set in that you locked up the championship with run round to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was, uh, like I said, we hit every emotion that I possibly could in a matter of 40 minutes. And then when we were, you know, when I realized I, I knew I got third and I remember cause I was, I watched a fan story with you and I heard you guys say fourth, but I knew, I knew fourth wasn't going to cut it for me. Um, so I had to get third in order for it to, for it to happen. So when we got third, it was like, man, we, yeah, it's, like I said, we, you dream of that your whole life. I think that's the only thing I was able to say on the podium because I was so so choked up. Uh, yeah, you, like I said, every dream, every every time that, you know, I've thought about that the entire season, everything, my whole career came out right then and there just because cause it is something I've always dreamed of. But I don't care what anyone says. You don't, I mean, you don't believe anything until you see it. So I thought I saw it early, and then all of a sudden I'm in the air fence with Bronson. So, yeah, it was a uh, it was an emotional time for everyone around me. It's been a good run for us, and and to repay the team after a great season, it was it was the least I could do for everything they'd done for me. Well, that was awesome for sure. Let's talk about the Meadowlands just a little bit. So uh, before the semis, looked like there's a great big meeting of the minds. Were you involved in that meeting with all the riders and teams? Because I, I saw a picture. I couldn't see you guys from where I was at, but I saw a picture, and you're kind of standing off to the side talking to somebody else. So. What was going on in that little meeting, or can you share what what was happening down there before you guys went out? Uh, that was a tough one. I mean, to be completely honest, I probably orchestrated the entire meeting. Um, the problem was we kind of got to the point where there were too many people involved. Uh, the good thing was, as a, as riders, we all stood stood together uh, for the most part. There were a few that were kind of any uh, kind of on the fence, but I mean, unfortunately, the track was just not what it was last year, and it got to the point where it was. Uh, it was eating some people up pretty quickly. So I'm more so just wanted to make everyone aware, like, Hey, we're at the end of the season. Um, we don't need to go out there and we don't need to, to risk it right now. Uh, we just need to give the 8,000 people that came here today, at least a show, or at least show them that we should ride and, and give them some laps. Um, so yeah, really, we just, as you know, as racers realize that, Hey man, there's, there's a bigger picture here. We need to get through today. And, uh, I'm really proud of the, the riders as a whole just because yeah i mean we've it's not it's not a secret that we've had a lot of guys go down recently and i mean i'm probably not a good example at the time because my season was done with at that time um i i had nothing to race for other than pride really um i would have loved to win that day and, and kind of uh wrap up that grand slam thing but 
on the other hand, I just watched Shayna flip through the air and, and, and she was in a bad crash and I just wasn't into it at all. So yeah, riders of the whole stood together and, and we decided that, Hey, we don't need to go out there and do 25 laps because this track can get to the point where we probably can't ride around it. And that's what we did. We were able to come up with a, an ultimatum and, and we were able to go out and just ride around. So some of them raced and some of them didn't, but we, we stood together as a, as a whole, which meant a lot to me because I, I think I preach it every time I get on the podium or every time I'm in the pit, like, uh, man, I love everyone at the racetrack. I don't, I don't care if we battle, battle to the nail on the track or, you know, even if we don't care for each other, um, I don't want to see them get hurt ever. It's, uh, it's the worst thing that absolutely. could happen. So yeah, yeah, we, uh, right. we stood together and it was a good deal. Well, my hat's off to you guys for doing that. I mean, it's you guys out there risking it, and uh, my hat's off to you again for for doing that. I've I've seen it happen before, but I think the last time I watched riders, uh, you know, stick together like that was 2006 or 2007 at Las Vegas, and they ended up actually boycotting, not riding at all. So you guys went out there, put on a show for the fans, and you lined up, and unfortunately, you jumped that start. Yeah, I got. I was just. I mean, I think all the emotion. I was just antsy and just kind of kind of jumped the start a little bit kind of clutch gear ratio thing wasn't on and I just kind of went so yeah I had to start from the fourth row and I think I would they what they ended up doing was they let everyone race I think there's 22 guys I put on a good charge got to I think 14th or something and uh that was that I mean yeah that was that was 2019 wrap-up uh that's a wrap for sure so let's I got a few more questions before we let you go what what are your big plans in the off season? Uh, right now I'm just slowing things down. I'm going to Wisconsin to uh, hang out with SNS, my guys, and see Dave Michelle. But other than that, for right now, we're going to slow things down and deer hunt quite a bit, and probably gonna start riding some moto again. Uh, with my hand being broken, I didn't get a chance to do that. So I want to go and ride with Jake Johnson some more before the weather gets cold, and and then kind of just uh, yeah, keep things mellow up until it's time to start getting going again. We we go wide open all year long. I think uh, I, I think that we're gonna kind of slow down. We did. Shane and I did talk. Uh, we want to go to Australia to hang out with our buddy Max Whale. Um, he he offered us a chance to uh, go over there. So right now we're kind of we're working out the details on that. But I would like to uh, if we do anything other than just hang out, we're gonna go to Australia. So other than that, we're man, just cruising for sure. That'd be a lot of fun. So uh, we're we're trying to talk to all the champions. We got Corey lined up to come on next. Is there anything I should ask Corey, or should I give him a hard time about anything? Or, you know, you got you got to have some dirt I can ask Corey about. Ah oh, man, honestly, everyone has so much dirt on Corey at this point in time. It's it's hard not to have <laughs> some questions to ask him. You know what I mean? Like, yep, yep. Like, ask him what he would have done if, if Shana won the class. You know, in the production class, he probably would have folded. But that's for another time. You know. All right. I love it. I love it. So Jared, (laughs) Jared won all the miles this year. Is he now the new mile master? Uh, yeah. I mean, shoot, he went out, he won all the, he won all the miles. I think that he, he can take that, take that name for sure. Um, I will say one thing before we get out of here. Uh, every mile I rode with Jared, the more I learned how bad he told her to test for danger. He rode the tracks really, really well, and his bike was extremely strong. So he uh, he had the total package of where, uh, like, I felt that way on the on the half miles. But yeah, I mean, the guy is, is on it. He uh, he has a lot of experience on the miles, and it's one thing to have a fast bike, but it's another to know how to use it. He uh, he knows how to use it. 
Do you have any complaints about 2019? Uh, man, any complaints for me personally, my season? No, I mean, it was, it was a dream season for sure. I, uh, I love my team and I love my teammate. I'm, I'm proud of Shana. Everything went really, really well. Uh, the only complaint would be the injuries. Uh, the goal would be to, I want to do whatever we can to, to make these tracks safer, uh, for everyone. And, I, uh, I want to do it now. I don't want to want to have guys go down. So my only complaint is is injuries. I want the tracks to be I want it to be like Springfield. Um, I think when we get out on the racetrack, that's good. We put on an incredible show. I, oh, there's so many guys out there with with awesome ability on a motorcycle that we can we can showcase to the world how good of a race it is. You know, Springfield was a hit. Uh, all the other racetracks, um, Sturgis, South Dakota. That was that was a big race. We had four or five of us going for a win. Like, you know, there's there's great racers, and when the track's good, we can we can really showcase that. So, the goal and the goal for next year is to have better racetracks, I think. And and my only complaint right now for this year is, is that we didn't always have the best racetracks. So I want to cut back on on injuries and make for better racing. I'm right there with you, dude. So before I called you up, I I was just sitting here thinking, Briar's gonna be rocking the number one next year, but. If he doesn't win the championship, you get to have a single digit. Have you even thought that far ahead and what single digit you'd pick? Yeah, yeah. As, as dumb as it sounds, I thought about it all year long just because it kept me off. Like, it was just one of those deals. I just thought about it, not to be arrogant or anything like that. I just thought about it, you know, one of those deals that comes across. But, yeah, I mean, I can't really say at the time. Um, I, I'm such a – I'm a big fanboy, man. I, I love – I love the fact that I used to look up to Kenny Coolbath and Jake Johnson, and now I get to hang out with them, and I can text them whenever I want. So that's uh, you know, there's a two, there's a five. I look at you know, I look at Brad Baker, the hero myself. So there's a six. I look at uh, Ricky Graham, where I came from, my hometown. Um, one of the most naturally talented racers I've ever seen. He's, I mean, he's way up on the list. I love, I love the number three. So. If you could choose two through uh, two through six and narrow it down there, if you could help me with that, that'd be great. But right now, I just I couldn't give a number if I if I had to for sure. Well, hopefully, you don't have to think about that for a long time, and maybe keep that number one plate on your back for a few more years. Yeah, I would love that. I would love to uh, not have to worry about that. I mean, things are going pretty stinking good, but yeah, I mean. The goal is to to do that, but at the same time, we uh, might have to choose a choose a different number, but. It's all part of the journey, and it's kind of a just a real feeling to think that I get to be one of the guys to run a single digit. It, uh, like I said, I'm a big fanboy, and I love the sport of flat track, and I get to look back on all the guys that got to do that. So it's just uh, honestly, it's a dream, dream come true, really. Dude, I hear you. I'm right there with you. I've been been honored and been a privilege to be with you through every one of your pro wins, and I hope that keeps on going. Uh, for many, many, many years. So uh, you're one of our, you're our very first episode, and now you're one, our 100th episode. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I've just got a couple more questions for you. What's the first thing that yeah. comes to mind when you hear "Off the Groove"? Scotty Duber, man. That's the first <laughs> thing I think of. Dude, I was not expecting that at all. I know you're the I know you're the host, but. I mean, when you hear off the groove, you think of Scotty. For me, I think Scotty Doobler. And when I think Scotty yeah. Doobler, I think entertainment. So that's what uh, that what comes to mind. I know that I know the first show we did was uh, was good, and I know that all the shows in between now and then have been great. So yeah, Scotty Doobler. 
dude. I appreciate that more than more than you'll ever know. So uh, our very first episode, we didn't have a Graham's question. So uh, this one kind of doesn't have anything to do with the championship. But Graham asked the question to all of our guests, as you know, because you listen. Uh, Graham wants to know what is your daily responsibilities around the house on a normal day, like during the off, like on a normal day during the off season. Like, what does Shana make you do? First off. Shane doesn't make me do anything. All right, <laughs> we're gonna make that we're gonna make that clear. Okay, but she hi, she highly suggests that you know I have the I have the, I have the laundry done and the dishes are clean and you know vacuum the house. But other than that, you know she just suggests that it's not like she makes me do it. First off, so we'll keep okay. that we'll keep that up front. Now, honestly, I spend more time off the off season's tough. I spend more time walking around stressing about doing something like while well, I'm not doing anything at all. Um, daily deal just we're, I don't take it for granted um, I know how hard my dad worked I know how hard a lot of people work on their 9 to 5s and uh, I really do I really do appreciate the fact that I don't have to go to a job right now um, so I try and stay busy uh, just around the house doing odds and ends whether it's you know inside the house or outdoors it's funny Shana loves doing yard work so she loves it to the point where like she gets bummed out if I were to, to mow the lawn or, or, or leaf blow. So I don't, I don't do a whole lot of yard work. Um, do some stuff in the garage. I have a motorbike, I have a flat track bike. And I usually try and ride once a week. So I have that on, on top of, uh, on top of my plate, which isn't a whole lot, you know, oil changes, filter changes and stuff. But like I said, I spend more time doing nothing, but stressing about it, like walking around, like, Oh, I should be, you know, I need to do this and not actually doing anything. So, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of responsibility other than make sure the bills are paid and the few things that Shana suggests I do. There you go. Graham's going to love that answer for sure. So we're at the very end of the episode, and it's your chance to say thanks to anybody you'd like to. Man, big thank you to Indian Motorcycle Power by Progressive. Uh, gave Bronson and I a shot, and I think that we gave him uh, a lot in return. So been a great year. Um, and also a big shout-out to uh, SMS, those guys at the shop. They uh, – they dealt with some stuff this year with me and Bronson. So for them to grind it out and stay behind us nonstop, that means the world. And, you know, also thank you to Shana and, and everyone around me that, that stood behind me when when things got tough because there were a lot of tough times this year. So, yeah, just uh, just a great season. I can't thank, can't thank my whole group enough. They they put everything they can into, into me, and I'm happy we were able to repay them for that. Congratulations on one hell of a year, Briar. Uh, enjoy the offseason, and I cannot wait to see you out there with that big number one plate. I appreciate it, Scotty. I, uh, I'm stoked that you've been a part of, of every piece of my journey, so hopefully we can keep it going, like you said. Well, man, that that mean, mean the world to me, man. Congratulations, and uh, thanks for coming on Off the Group, man. We really appreciate it. Have a good one, Scotty. I'll catch up with you guys later on. Like I said, man, I can listen to y'all talk all day, every day. It's great. Yeah, I, I love the kind words, you know, especially when I asked him what Off the Groove was, and he, thought, he said my name. Dude, that is scary, cool. dude. You know, and, and we didn't we didn't ask, you know, we didn't send questions out ahead of time, so we were just hitting him with random questions. And, and for him just to say that right away, that, that means that that's truly how he feels. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, and he can tell that you guys get along. Um, it's always good to hear you guys banter back and forth, like I said. Um, and to have him, to hear him walk through that season himself, uh, pretty cool. 
I even learned a couple of things that I didn't know, you know, that I, he hasn't talked about in features and um, interviews throughout the season. So that's the one thing I like about talking talking through a season with somebody. You know, it's only been two weeks, and uh, I don't even know if it's fully hit him yet that he's champion. Probably not until he puts that number one on his leathers or on his motorcycle. That's when it really sinks in. And, and they said that number one plate's really, really heavy. Uh, some people can run the number one plate and it doesn't bother them. But, uh, you know, some people, it changes you. Um, and one good thing I, I learned about that episode, too, is he's already secured for the 2020 season. So he doesn't have to worry about anything in the offseason other than training for next year. Where a lot of riders right now. I've heard a lot of rumors, a lot of people looking for rides next well, year. And that's what I was going to say is like, he's probably one of the very few, like probably three or four riders that can say that he's, he's set and knows exactly what's going on. There's champions that might not know what they're doing for 2020 yet. Right. Yep. Yep. You never know. I mean, I've heard, you know, like I said, a lot of rumors, hopefully they'll bring those rumors to us and we'll tell you, <laughs> you know, what their plans are for next year. But, uh, you know, We'll see how many people reach out to us. Or we'll just start spitting out the rumors, too, and see what sticks, throw something against the wall. Um, <laughs> who knows? A hell of an interview for a hell of a season, and, dude, like, a hell of a 100th episode, for sure. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad Briar was able to take time uh, to talk to us earlier in the week. I mean, he had he had business to attend to uh, in the middle of the week, but uh, we got him taken care of, and that was your 100th episode of Off the Groove here on Friday. Dude, that's almost two full seasons. That's crazy. Two full, two full years. We're almost into our third season, dude. I can't believe it. Um, let's do another. Uh, let's do another interview with another champion next week. What do you, we'll, we'll leave it out there. See which one it is. But so to all of our fans, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing it. Smash that like button again. Tell all your friends. I don't know how many stickers we handed out this year, but uh, seven. That mean means a lot. It means a lot though. I've handed out so many stickers. That means that's how many people are listening to our podcast and go to the races. And that's what it's all about. Um, but yeah, incredible. And one more thing before we step off of here, Evan Sin, who was a guest on our podcast yeah. earlier this year, his movie won a film festival award, yeah. a short film festival award up there in Toronto, Canada. So uh, congrats to Evan Sin and, and uh, Fast and Left. Dude, that's awesome. So awesome. He uh, he went up there and won the damn thing. I, knew, I mean, I never doubted it for a second. I cannot wait to see the movie. Uh, um, maybe hopefully he has a stateside screening. I'll fly there. Evan, if you're listening, tell me where it's at. We'll be there. Scotty and I will fly, in, we'll fly in the off, the, of off the groove jet. <laughs> Um, all right, man. I gotta roll. Hold on a second. Do you got the keys to that thing? Because I don't have the keys. No, they no, we don't have a jet. Maybe we buy a van, set it up at the studio. Can we make it Kawasaki Green? Have off the groove in black? Absolutely, absolutely. We'll we'll have to call Mr. Riley for some decals. Definitely. All right, I'm gonna roll. Talk to you. We'll talk to you next next week. Peace. Peace. just knock them out then you just want to do it now we have everything ready this is episode 100